Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. WTIC. Very gratifying listening to the national news media talk about the election. You know how we're just gearing up now. The uh, the swing has been going back to the GOP over the last week or so. But not on MSNBC. That's not something they can tolerate. Pushing an economic message now. And a new batch of generic ballot polls shows things trending slightly now in the direction of Democrats. In the latest survey from The Economist and YouGov, 46% of registered voters say they prefer their local Democratic nominee for Congress compared to 42% who say they prefer the Republican. Last week, that margin was 1% in favor of Democrats. The latest poll from Politico and Morning Consult tells a similar story with Democrats gaining two percentage points from registered voters compared to last week, while support for Republicans has fallen 2%. The numbers for both major parties are down from last week in the latest Ipsos poll, but Democrats still hold a two-point edge there with surveyed adults. In that poll, 14% say they are still undecided. So, Mika, we can kind of ride the waves of these generic polls. Not clear exactly how much they mean. These are going to be decided in Pennsylvania, Nevada, and Georgia, for example. But... Yeah, not sure how much they mean. It's uh, it's nitpicking numbers at this point. But I think the thing that we can see is a, a desperation on the side of Democrats. You look at the White House, where the Democrats have their best ability to infect the national conversation with whatever twist on reality they offer up. And their latest one is to talk about how Oh, it's not them who's dangerous for the economy. In other words, conceding the idea that they've created economic disaster. But arguing that moving forward, Republicans would be even more dangerous to the economy than they are. That's an interesting angle, isn't it? Not exactly a vote of confidence on the part of the Democrats for Democrats. Sounds to me like a concession that things aren't going their way. 860-522-9842. Eight six zero five two two nine eight four two. The rant line number eight six zero seven five one forty six ninety eight. Let's see how the ride goes. It's the Todd Feinberg Show live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk ten eighty. All right, all right, all right. I just got a uh, campaign 
I just got a campaign press release from the Stefanowski campaign. Uh, released a memo summarizing the campaign's latest internal poll. These are the numbers I am seeing, which are most closer to the feedback I'm receiving on my travels around the state. The neck, the race is neck and neck. But if the governor wants to deny reality, just like he's doing with our state's economy, that's fine for me, says Bob. Huh. Oh, I see. There's a link I have to click on to get the numbers. All right, let's see what they are. This, I'm, I'm feeling very confident about the race. In Connecticut, I feel confident about Republicans' chances because, well, there's a lot of reasons. But most of all, it would be that Democrats have total control over the machinery. They've got total control over the machinery of information dissemination, reporting, you know, everything. And they use that to distort reality and to make it feel like. They do their best to make it feel like the the um, well that everything is stacked against Republicans and it's not going well. But these polls, I think they've made a mistake. The polls that they're that, that they're um, influencing, I believe, are too dramatically in favor of Democrats. Like like are are people here immune economically? Do you think people here are immune to the idea that? It's too expensive to live. It was too expensive to live. Remember the anti-toll movement. Remember Ned's first year in office. And in addition to the $2 billion of new taxes that he passed, he wanted to pass a billion dollars a year in tolls. Remember that? And he spent a year, his first year in office, flip-flopping on his commitment not to do tolls and then campaigning to make sure tolls could get passed, and he couldn't do it. And why couldn't he do it? He couldn't do it because the legislature, the Democratic legislature that wanted to do everything it could to please Ned Lamont, first-year governor, and make sure everything went smoothly, would not sign on to tolls because they were afraid. Why were they afraid? They were afraid because they knew how much the average citizen of the state was already struggling to survive. That was three years ago. That was before the Democrats spent $6 trillion decimating the economy and driving inflation into turmoil. That was before Democrats shut down the economy for COVID. Unnecessary, stupid reaction. But that's their instinct. Their instinct is if there is an excuse, what was it Rahm Emanuel said? Never let a crisis go to waste. That's what they did. They went back on one of their basic mantras of good governance. If you have a chance to make the government bigger and more destructive as a force in people's daily lives, you seize that opportunity. If you have a chance to take more money away from people and take away liberty, you do it. Because that becomes a permanent shift of power away from the private sector economy and moves it into the public sector control. And and the power structure is just like any other business. This is an idea that just occurred to me today to say it this way, and I kind of like this. If you consider that people go into the business of government, which is what they do, Look at Martin Looney. He spent his whole life, the uh, the chief 
liberal, destructive communist in the state Senate. He spent his career in the state Senate destroying the state and trying to turn it into a communist enterprise. Why has he done that? Well, he's in the government business. He's in the government business, and everybody wants their business to grow. Everybody wants their business to control more. That's just normal. But the advantage they have is they get to lie about everything. They get to make up the stories of what they're actually up to and tell us, and who's going to tell us different, especially in Connecticut. You, if you haven't lived anywhere else, you have no idea how deprived of information we are. Anyway, so this is what they do. They distort for us. And what they have distorted in the past, well, there's no way, I don't think, anymore. There's no way anymore for them to make us feel as good as we felt three years ago. And we felt so bad three years, about, three years ago about the economy that Ned spent his whole first year campaigning for tolls and could not get them passed because the legislature was afraid of the people. And imagine that the people now are living with, what, 10% less dollars coming in each year? 860-522-9842. It's Ralph. Hello there, Ralph. Good afternoon. Uh, just uh, on my way back to the airport to go back to South Carolina, but uh, just want to pass a couple things along. Stop okay. for gas yesterday morning mm-hmm. and just went by that same station Overnight, the price went up 21 cents a gallon. Wow. That was a tough night, huh? <laughs> Apparently, it was a very tough night. Uh, I mean, that's 20 cents a gallon, 21 cents a gallon overnight. That's that's amazing. Uh, and just a message for the people in Connecticut, I, and I know I'm preaching to the choir on their show. If you folks don't wake up and change the party that's running the show, you're just going to keep getting used and abused because they figure they can do whatever they want and you're going to let them uh, win elections again. And so if you have any brains at all or a little common sense, yep. change parties and find out what the other guys can do. Because uh, I work in South Carolina part-time and a major retailer, and I talk to a lot of people, and I tell you, a lot of people from Connecticut are moving to South Carolina in the area where I am. And they love it down there because the uh, taxes are affordable. Uh, so obviously, the weather, you can't control that, but the weather's a lot better. But so, Ralph, you're going back and forth from Bristol to South Carolina on a regular basis? No, my uh, my daughters live here, uh, and that's why uh, we come up to see them once a year. Well, that's nice. And uh, also, I just wanted to say uh, I watch the... Uh, funerals of the two police officers from Bristol on tapes mm. and your heart goes out to them. Sure does. And uh, you wonder why. Because there's really no reason for it to happen. Well, you know, uh, attitudes change and attitudes can be changed uh, very significantly by what appear to be small behaviors and small attitudes being expressed that are actually represent I think fairly large departures from the norms that we have come to accept. And I think Democrats, I think Democrats have made a mistake at the very least by being so adamant in their hostility towards law enforcement. 
Well, down in South Carolina, police are respected. And another thing that we do down there is we, uh, people in the South carry guns. Uh, a lot of them, uh, they have an open carry uh, law in South Carolina, but very few people have open carry. But believe it or not, if I had to make a, a wager, half the people in South, and this includes women, which surprised me, mm-hmm. carry weapons. And they know how to use them. Uh, they have to, in order to get a, a concealed carry permit, you have to take the course. You have to know how to use it safely and handle it safely. And it's just amazing how many people do carry down there. And I don't know if that makes a difference as far as crime goes, but it's nowhere near as bad down there. Well, it makes sense, Ralph. It makes sense that it would make things a lot safer and make people feel a lot more comfortable in their communities, I think, by carrying weapons. Thank you for the call, sir. Have a good trip home. 860-522-9842. Let's go to Middletown next. Hey, Rob. Hey, Todd. What are we going to do to break this partnership between big tech, big media, and the Dems? I think if we break the Dems, then the partnership dissolves. I hope so. I'm from Middletown, and I'm pretty up on my news. I didn't hear a thing about that. Well, I think this is just beginning to percolate. Rob's referring to a uh, a tape we played earlier of a school mathematics specialist who uh, posted a tape on Facebook that that mocks the idea that students should be um, regularly responsible for their academic performance. And the whole Renee Coleman Mitchell thing. I, I didn't see anything on the local news about that. Newspapers, nothing. Outside of us and that Examiner that article a couple of weeks ago that she printed, uh, she's getting very little play because she's against the governor. She's telling the truth about how he mocks the idea of caring about uh, race and, and his black workers, minority workers. And who's going to report that? They have no incentive to because they could get in trouble with the governor, you know, Rob? Man, whatever happened to the day where they would re- actually research, investigate, and then report, be the first one to break that story, you know, and be the best in your business. None or of that anymore. be Nobody the second be the person. Anymore. They could be the second person to print it, but they could bla- emblazon it across the front page of the newspaper. They take a big scandal and they bury it inside in a little benign story. They don't play it up. What is that all about? It's sickening. It is. Rob, thank you for the call. 860-522-WTIC. Bradford next. Dave, hello there. Uh, Yo, Todd. Three quick things. I hope I get to them all. Uh, I live in Bradford, which is a Republican town, and Stefanowski headquarters is in Bradford. What a nice operation they run. I've been there a couple times. They get some signs and bumper stickers. It's infested with young people who are absolutely on fire, like Representative Fiorello is. Oh, so this is a favorable infestation. A favorable infestation. You'd be shocked how many of them are 20-something. You know, when we lament there's not enough young Republicans, boy, they're there, and they're working like crazy. That's uh, awesome. Second point, I think Themis Claritus has picked up her ball and bat and gone home. I, I think she could influence a lot of people to go out and vote Republican. She's just dead silent. I'm not, I'm not impressed with what she's doing with the gravitas that she has. She's just well, I don't think she has that much gravitas, but she does. She would have the ability if she cared at all about Republicans and cons- cared at all about conservative values. She'd never 
shown any inclination to support either of those things, and she is continuing that behavior right now by ignoring the election. That's too bad. And the third point on the early voting is, try as I might, I can find no information on when you early vote. Uh, are the poll workers, meaning like the SEIU, the people that work the phone banks mm-hmm. and harvest ballots, are they able to find contemporaneously who has already voted so they don't waste time calling up people to get out the vote for people who have already voted, which is why the Dems are so, you know, and also do they keep a running total of uh, who has already voted? Uh, so on election night, it's already tallied. And the question becomes, due to freedom of information, who can get a hold of that data that may be already agglomerated? In other words, you might have an actual poll of the voting results up to that point. And when it's possible to leak, there always will be a leak. And, uh, you know, uh, you can see the powers that be. They're gung-ho to get you out for early voting. But I can't find any information who's able to get a hold of the, uh, who's already, you know, the names. In other words, when you vote in person, they cross your name off the list, but it never leaves the polling place. But the early voting, that's in the the clerk's office. And uh, if the poll workers can get a hold of that information, you know, those those ants that try to get you only for their own party, that is very dangerous information. Well, the... um... The poll workers would have to have the names crossed off of people who had early voted because yeah, then they, then if they show up to vote, they would know to stop them. But I'm talking about in the town clerk's office. Do they know who's already voted, and do they have it on the list? Well, so where do the one, poll workers get it from but from the clerk's office? Well, right? that's what I'm asking. Is that yes. uh, open public information? And it makes it a lot easier for those union thugs to drive to only the doors of Democrats who haven't voted yet in other words, their their ground game is able to focus even more efficiently, which is what sure. I call election rigging. Sure. Do not do not vote in favor of early voting. It's a very dangerous, very destructive idea. Yes, Thank it you. is. Thank you, Dave. And I think the answer to that is that the party in power, when you have a party in power for 50 years, like the Democrats have controlled the state, what does that mean? That means... That means that the information flows freely to who the, the, the Democrats who want it. Carol in Southington. The party in power. Turn that radio down, Carol. Oh, I'm getting out of, out of the room where it is. Okay. I, I was just going to talk about, because it was it's curious that Jerry came out before me. Um, the town does have a list of who, who early voted, because I work the election, been doing it nine years, and I just learned at the meeting when I went on Wednesday that I didn't know before that you can, if you, if you early voted and you decide, uh-oh, I really didn't want to vote for that person now, you can change your vote. by You mean you can, you can go and vote in person and tell them to throw away the one you mailed no, in? No, no. You can go to the town hall and tell them because they have a list that you voted. Carol, if you could hang around, we have to we have to break. But if you could hang around, that would be helpful. Eight six zero five two two nine eight four two. I mean, we could talk to you some more. All the new call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. 
Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts you need for your day and the sports music and podcasts you love are all on the free odyssey app download it now yeah wtic chuck schumer has a hot mic moment talking Pennsylvania Senate debate with Joe Biden. I'm not sure if this is that exciting. Let's listen to it and see if we can make any of it out. We're in danger, he says. It looks like the debate didn't hurt us that much in Pennsylvania, I think Schumer says to the president. So that's good. So that's good. And it looks like the American people haven't figured out that we're just communists in a thin disguise. That part I was just making up. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer was caught Thursday on a hot mic discussing Pennsylvania Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman's highly criticized debate performance against Dr. Oz Tuesday evening. We are in danger in that seat, Schumer told President Joe Biden in New York. It's unclear which seat he is referring to. No, it isn't. Not if he's talking about that seat. Schumer went on to tell the president that the debate didn't hurt us too much in Pennsylvania. That's good. The majority leader also commented on a race in Nevada claiming the Democrats are picking up steam, which means he's admitting that they're not doing well there. But it's unclear if he was referring to the Senate race or the gubernatorial. I suspect that all they're worried about is the Senate right now, especially the president. What does he care about the states? He wants to be able to pass legislation. He has limited time left to dismantle the American system of government further. This comes as Republicans are gaining traction in several battleground state races. Polls have revealed tightening races in Nevada, Pennsylvania, Arizona, Georgia, and of all places, Oregon, where Patty Murray has been in the Senate for like 25 years. And all of a sudden that thing is a race. Nobody expected that. We voters are increasingly worried about inflation in the economy as well as crime. And we report trusting Republicans more on those issues because Democrats make everything worse, which gives Republicans an edge. Fetterman's debate performance received widespread criticism. Why would, why would anybody criticize Fetterman for his debate performance the other night? That I just can't, I just can't understand that. Can you figure that out? Maybe because he started the debate off like this, like this. What qualifies you to be a U.S. senator? You have 60 seconds. 
Hi. Good night, everybody. <laughs> he has 60 seconds, and that took how long? Uh, 1.6 seconds. Hi. Good night, everybody. Well, good night, John Fetterman, and congratulations on a wonderful debate performance. Rant line number 860-751-4698. Who's coming up? Len Susio. Now, back to the Todd Feinberg Show, live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk 1080. Yeah, it's WTIC. We'll go to Len Susio in a sec, but Carolyn Southington has been holding. Thank you for doing that, Carol, so you can explain a little better for us what's going on with these uh Okay. With these so numbers. This, so the town does know um, um, that you early voted because then they have to put on the um, uh, on the list an A near your name when it comes to election night that mm-hmm. you voted absentee. So you you can't vote again. Yeah. But um, get back to um, early voting is I didn't know this. I don't know if it's new or not. But when we went for our training, we were told that um, if you early voted and um, say, I changed my mind, uh-oh, something happened, I really don't want to put my vote in for this particular candidate, you can change it. But the, the stickler is it, you have to go to the town hall, mm-hmm. and it has to be by 10 a.m. on election day. And you can go in and say, I don't want... I want my vote that to be canceled, and I want this one to be instead. And then they shred the other one, and you you get the new one. So it can be done. I don't know if it's new law or not, but the, the, you know, in the training we were told that you can do that as long as it's by. Well, there is no election. early voting right now, though, as I understand it. But but it's it's uh, you know it's on the ballot whether there should be early voting for a constitutional amendment, right? Oh yeah, it's on the it's on the ballot. But what I'm saying is, if I've already voted, early voting. Say I sent in my ballot and I voted already and sent it in. No, I, I, I get think, that part. I changed my mind. I yes. want to vote. No, I it. understand what you said about that. I'm just saying I don't yeah. believe that there's any early voting right now, unless they've still got some kind of illegal early voting having to do with COVID. Oh, I don't know I, if there's early voting, but there, there, you can get a ballot and mail it in. An absentee ballot. Yes. All right. Thank you, Carol. We'll talk to Len Susio about that. Len, do you know what the circumstances are with early voting right now? No, there's no early voting. There's absentee voting, which, you know, started, a, what, a few weeks ago. Early voting, as you pointed out, is on the ballot. And one, by the way, ref, regarding that issue, Todd, one aspect of that ballot question that's very, very dangerous, and I don't hear anybody talking about it, it's that. It's not to allow early voting in Connecticut. It's to allow the legislature to make a decision and decide what parameters early voting are. So it's it's not like, oh, do you want to allow early voting from October 31st or, or October 15th? And it's, it's an open-ended check to the legislature and the Democrats if they continue to control it. But, right but Len, through what mechanism? Because right now it's illegal to have early voting, right? So that this would require right. a constitutional amendment. 
uh, and that's what that's what the ballot question is. The ballot question is: Would you change the constitution to allow the legislature to decide to allow early voting? And if it does, it's open ended. In other words, the legislature could decide not only to make it to do it, but what the parameters are. They could say you yeah. can start early voting on August fifteenth if they want. So Which uh, they might just make permanent voting, like you can vote anytime you're around, yeah. even if there's no election going on. Yeah, yeah, to take it to an extreme. So it's it's if it were something more specific, like again October fifteenth, uh, and you don't have to be sick or you don't have to be out of town. Uh, but this is very dangerous because it gives the politicians in control of the legislature the opportunity to decide the rules for early voting and guess which way they're going to go. They're going to make certain that it benefits them and assures their reelection. This is not a good thing uh, for that. Are you suggesting alone. it will be early voting only for illegal aliens? <laughs> well, they could qualify what it is. I mean, right now, uh, you know, again, you have to have a so, so-called bona fide reason, meaning you're sick, you're out of town, you can't make it to the polling place because of a disability or whatever. Uh, but they could put conditions on it, uh, early voting, and it's totally going to be their their decision, Todd. It's letting the, the fox into the chicken house, basically. And guess who's going to uh, yes, pay the it's, price of that. it's giving the corrupt government the chance to corrupt government a little further. All right, but that's yes. not what you wanted to talk about today, Len. No, I was, I'm was. i in a real good mood for two reasons, Todd. One is I just got back from a meeting with my tax accountant, the best tax accountant in Connecticut, Bill Sass, who told me how I could cut what I have to pay Governor Lamont and his outrageous Connecticut taxes. But the other reason that really gets me ex- excited is what I'm reading about George Logan and his uh, race – with Johanna Hayes over there in the 5th District, and uh, where there's now a poll out that shows George Logan is not only within striking distance, he's actually slightly ahead of Johanna Hayes, according to this Emerson uh, College poll that was taken in the last couple of weeks. And that would be monumental because, as you know, uh, the only Republican in Congress right now in all of New England is uh, Senator Collins from Maine. So George Logan could become the first Republican uh, representative in Congress in roughly almost 20 years now, at least 16 or 18 years. So that's really exciting. And um, I'll give you a little inside story regarding that, by the way. Well, let's just give people the details that the uh, WTNH Emerson College poll shows uh, George Logan with a one point lead over Johanna Hayes. Right. Exactly. And and it shows that he's winning the independent vote, by the way, by I think it's 15 or 18 percent. It's not even close. He's uh, running away with that. That's really, really good. Wouldn't we expect that, though? Well, you know, Republicans, I think, would more naturally appeal to independents. But I don't know what to expect anymore in Connecticut, uh, you know, because uh, it's just such an overwhelmingly blue state. But I, I want to share with you in the audience, uh, I had a conversation yesterday with a very good friend of mine, a guy who makes the best jams in Connecticut. And uh, he uh, he started talking to me about politics. And he said, look, Len, I'm a black man. I live in the black community over in Waterbury. And I could tell you that a very large number of black voters are going to vote for George Logan. And he said, I could tell you not only because I talk to them, I listen to them, I hear what they're saying, and they all feel like uh, the Democrats and Johanna Hayes haven't followed through on their commitments and haven't done what they could do for the black community. And they, they like what Logan is saying. So this is 
sure, it's uh, it's not empirical evidence. It's not a poll, but it's it's someone inside the black community uh, is telling reporting me out. That, yeah. Did he say what George Logan is saying that that is making people happy? Well, I, I think it's he didn't say specifically, but he did say that, you know, that there's more black folks that are, are recognizing that the Democratic Party has just been using them for political power. And then when they gain that political power, uh, they say they bye bye. We don't yeah, notice you. That's exactly it. So uh, and they, they you know, it helps that George Logan, let's face it, he's black. Johanna Hayes is black. Uh, George uh, appeals to uh, the black voter partly because of you know, his identity, just like Johanna Hayes does as well. That's just human nature. So, uh, you know, I think George, I know him. I served with him in the state Senate for a couple of years. He's intelligent. Yeah, he's, he's a good articulate. guy. Yeah, he's a good guy. He's a good man. He'll be a great representative for the 5th Congressional District if the poll proves to be true and if the voters go to the polls. And I hope, I hope every voter that is listening to you today knows that uh, this could be a very close race and their vote could literally make the difference. Uh, John, before you showed up in Connecticut about 20 some odd years ago, there was a race over in Eastern Connecticut for the second congressional district. And that race, 180 some odd thousand votes were cast. It was decided by, believe it or not, three votes out of 180,000 votes. That's how close that race was. Wow. And yes. <laughs> so people were listening, think, oh, yeah, so what? So George is going to win or whatever. No. Don't count on him winning without your vote, basically, because it's something you can't take for granted. And you know that the Democrats are going to get the uh, get the vote out. That's for sure. That's one thing. They have a good ground game and they're they're able to do that. So and, and you know, Johanna Hayes, let's face it. What does she have on her track record? She's a member of the squad. She's associated with AOC and all the other radicals that are over there in Congress that are ultra progressives and pushing the party to the off the left. Yeah, this is the, the anti-American crowd that lives inside of the Democratic Party and to a large extent is the energy in the Democratic Party and it forces the infrastructure, the power structure of the Democrats to show respect to the anti-American attitudes that percolate throughout the extreme part of the party and control it. And this is uh, something that people need to act on to eliminate. If you are a somebody who could vote in the fifth in particular you've got to jump all over that opportunity to say no to the radicalism of the squad and then everybody else in the state should be out voting uh, well for for all the races but to you know there there are other congressional districts where there are opportunities and, and todd i want to reiterate that uh, that a moderate democrat should be unhappy with johanna hayes because she's a member of the most radical group left-wing group in congress so even Democrats who consider themselves to be moderates should not be voting for her. They should be voting for George Logan, the Republican on the ballot. And, uh, you know, that to me is the key to winning the race, because in Connecticut, you do have to get crossover votes. When I won my two Senate races, I could not have done it without thousands of Democrats crossing over and voting for me. And George Logan's going to need the votes of not only the independents and the Republicans, but he's going to need a good number of Democrats to vote for him. And I think that's a very strong reason why 
people who consider themselves to be moderates in the Democratic Party should say no to Johanna Hayes and yes to George Logan. And it's enough already with having to live under the misery of having government think that it can just steal as much money out of the private sector and out of people's pockets as it wants. It's gross. Government does not provide a product for the money they steal. The amount of generational wealth that has been ravaged and squandered by big government is one of the greatest crimes in the history of mankind. Yes, and Johanna Hayes represents, unfortunately, that that neck of the woods, that um, that asp- that part of the Democratic Party, which has exploited exploited uh, race for their own political advantage, and then failed to deliver even when they were elected. So it's time to reject the extreme radical left wing politics of the Democratic Party. Reject Johanna Hayes and vote for George Logan. Len Susio, what else? Uh, Todd, I'll tell you what, I am really enthusiastic because I'm going to speak in Las Vegas in a couple of weeks. So what happens in Vegas, they say stays in Vegas. We'll find out. But I'm looking forward You're to You're giving a talk on how to be a more effective gambler? <laughs> Not really. Just the opposite. Ironically, I'm, I'm speaking to a group of the most conservative people you could think of, bankers, right, uh, to uh, how to comply with the laws. Uh, that I'm a, a, a certain expert in certain laws. Basically. Yeah, they so listen kind of to you, and then they run out and ignore you. Yeah, <laughs> then they'll run out and pull the lever on the on the on the slot machines. But uh, <laughs> no, I'm I'm looking forward to that, uh, and uh, I'm looking forward. I'm really looking forward to the vote. Uh, and it, it, God, it's only think about this. It's what we're talking about. It's uh, about twelve days, two weeks away now, right? Yeah. What's the date again? It's going to be on November. Yep, November eighth. So we are talking down. It's we're getting closer and closer to countdown time, and uh, you know we have a chance to make history in Connecticut. Have a Republican uh, George Logan elected to Congress and be the only, the only Republican in Congress from New England. That's that's this is a start. Yeah, but I think all Republicans. I expect that we're going to win the governor's race. I expect that the secretary of the state's race. I expect a bunch of races are going to be very, very good news for Republicans because there is a disease taking over America. And the awareness of that is sweeping the country right now. And tell me what, what kind of walls exist around Connecticut, the most expensive state in the country to live in. Mm -hmm that would make people here immune to that uh, imperative that says vote these bums out. Yes. And you know what? The Hispanic community, I think, is going to have a loud voice in this election as well. Good point. I believe you. I think you're going to see that they are a significant part of the minority community. and They're a significant voting bloc. And their values are not consistent with the values of the Democratic Party. I could tell you. Well, that. you know why? Because they're working people who want to be able to keep as much money as they can of what they earn, and they have no respect for a government that just wants to run roughshod over their hard work. Yes, and and they're pro-family people, too. They don't like a lot of this craziness going on in the schools uh, as well. So I think you're going to see there's more and more people, I think, in Hispanic communities are going to be crossing over and voting Republican as well. And if that happens, there's going to be a tsunami. There's going to be an absolute tsunami in, in, in two weeks from now or less than two weeks from now. And then then we'll be on the road to recovering from this disaster that the Biden administration has led us into. By the way, uh, Stefanowski sent out a, a press release today with his internal polling that shows him within a few points of Ned. So 
uh, given the environment and given the trend going on right now of sharp movement away from Democrats to Republicans, I think we can assume it's going to be a neck-and-neck neck finish. Absolutely. Momentum has a lot to do with politics uh, as well as sports and everything else, right? And the momentum is clearly, I think, shifting in the Republicans' favor. The question is, can they keep it going for the next 12 days or so mm -hmm. until the election? If they do, they will win a resounding victory and a widespread victory, and it will mark the beginning of a change in, in the country and in the state, which will be a good thing for our country and our state. Former State Senator Leonardo Suzio, thank you, sir. All right, Todd, go ahead. I'm listening. Keep keep going. All right, we'll talk to you next week before you head out to lose all your money in Vegas. <laughs> all right, Todd, looking forward to it. Thank you, Len. 860-522-9842. We'll play rants after 5 o'clock, and then at 535, Reese on the radio will be here. And right now, the delightful Mark Christopher is looking for traffic in the BPS Lawyers Traffic Center. Have you found any cars that are moving slowly, Mark? All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.